Well, I guess, I guess all we can say is Happy New Year. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be this guy, but they're going to get happy, to quote Elaine, you're going to get Happy New Year in the middle of, like, January with this one. Happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Tyler. I mean, the Golden Globes will have happened by the time this one came out. And wasn't it amazing, Tyler? When, yeah, I can't believe that you know what? performance. You know what? Is, you know what? This is a great thing to do. Let's do this. I'm going to just read you the major categories. Let's just okay. have you cold, cold predict, and we'll see how close you get. Cool. Great. Best, Glad best I'm doing mo- it for me and not you. <laughs> Dude, I, I will predict two if you like. No, it's fine. Best motion picture drama. You have 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. <sighs> Fucking Joker, I, I think. It's the, it's the Globes, right? Yes. That Joker. How great would it be if you just weren't aware the Oscar nominations were out? <laughs> I don't. I Sometimes I totally forget. I'll, I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, yeah, you should. Thank you. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rocket in My Pocket Man, Dolomite is My Name, Ho-Ho Rabbit, and Knives Out. I think I'm like 50-50 between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and maybe Knives Out. I was thinking Jojo Rabbit, but it, that movie died a death in the culture. Like I don't think I don't think anybody's talking about fucking Jojo Rabbit anymore. Yeah, but it, but if it wins, if it wins, it could like, I could see it winning and pick up some steam and maybe get like a second, like a, yeah. like a like a run up release to the Oscars and maybe it picks up some momentum. I just think the fact that it's won like literally zero critics awards or been like nominated for any critics awards is pretty telling of how no one cares about that movie. That's fair. I'll say this: so, if 1917 wins drama, I'm gonna be pissed because I still can't see it. I yeah, hate when they do that. Because it's like, hey, it's going to play in two theaters, and then it'll come out fucking January 15th or some shit. And That's like, almost exactly to the day. I'm just yeah. like, come on. All right, so musical or comedy, what do you think? I, maybe Knives Out? I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I think Knives Out might be a dark horse, and then, like, extremely dark horse is Jojo Rabbit. So you're not even counting Dolomite or Rocket Man? No, they won't win, sadly. Hi. Performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. We have Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy, and Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Johansson. Really? Huh? Yeah. It's her, or Charlize, because the Globes always go for, like, who's most popular, so they're not going to be like, here's... Cynthia Erivo is going to get one. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Christian Bale for Ford v. Ferrari. Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for The Joker. And Jonathan Price for The Two Pulps. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Not a great movie, but a really good performance. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Ana de Armas for Knives Out. Aquafina for The Farewell. Kate Blanchett for Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Beanie Fieldstein for Booksmart. Emma Thompson for Late Night. What is this? Best actress, motion picture, musical, or comedy. Oh, fuck. Okay, who was the first one again? Ana de Armas for Knives Out. And then the second one was... Aquafina for The Farewell. Uh, I wish it'd be Aquafina for The Farewell, so that she could get some steam for Best Actress, because... She gives a fucking great performance in The Farewell. By the way, not a funny movie, really. Not a very funny movie, no. Yeah, like, there's um, moments of humor, but it's not a comedy. And I think it's also because she's a comedian. <laughs> she kind of got pigeonholed in that. Fucking, I guess I'll say... 
I think it's probably going to go to, like, who's the third one? Sorry. Kate Blanchett for Where'd no. You Go for? Beanie no, Feldstein? No, 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 no. I'm just meaning, no, it's not going to go to her. I, probably Anna de Armas for, for Knives Out. Which is, I just didn't care. Look, uh, I'm, not say, I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying that's the most likely. I feel like more people have seen Knives Out. Yeah, that's fair. Than have seen any of the other movies on this list. <laughs> Well, nobody wanted to see Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and Late Night came and went. And I forgot that that movie even exists, Where'd You Go, Bernadette. That's a Richard Linklater movie, isn't it? It is. It is. What the you, fuck, man? He, well, he went out with a whimper at the end of the decade. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. The nominees are Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name, Daniel Craig for Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Taron Egerton for Rocket Man. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it makes sense. It's the only one that makes sense. I think he'll get nominated probably for Best Actor and then, like, not win, but, yeah. Probably. No, I don't want... There's, like, five better performances than him, and I like Eddie Murphy, but I don't want him nominated over someone else. No, it'll happen. Yeah. It's a really good year for Best uh, best Actor, too. It's like it one is. Of the, one of the few good years. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, yeah, all of this. Performance by an actress in a supporting role. In any motion picture. I hate that, by the way. Well, they they, they stopped splitting up comedy and musical with, uh, like, secondary actors. Yeah, I know. Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Annette Benning for The Report. Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Dern. I would, Dern? I was yeah. going to say, you could, the first two can just quietly leave. It's between those other three. Yeah. I think it's Dern for sure. Annette Benning for The Report is clearly like a, yeah, you're there. I honestly, like <laughs> I honestly think it's going to be Jennifer Lopez. I think I think she wins Globe and Oscar. Well, she might win the Globe. Globe do love to star fuck, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe, actually. I'll switch it to Lopez. Okay, Lopez. I'll Watch it go to Dern, and I'd be very salty. You're, you'll be happy, but also you're like, I didn't call it right. <laughs> I had it right the first time. Performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Pops. Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Pesci and Pacino are going to split the the Irishman vote, and it's going to get a pit. I hope so. You know, actually, outside of Anthony Hopkins, who I just kind of found, you know what, no, fuck those first two. If it's Pesci, Pacino, or Pitt, I'm happy. Yeah, Pesci, Pacino, or Pitt, the three Ps. Triple P. Not you, Hopkins or Hanks. You two H's can take it on down the road. Oh, I forgot that the two H's. Oh, my God. It's a real H yeah. versus P category. Yeah. And you know what? For you H's, I hope you take those P's and you get a V and throw them all together. And you know what you're getting. That's what you deserve. Sorry. Some kind of virus? Yeah, exactly. They deserve HPV. <laughs> two Popes was a boring-ass movie and fucking Mr. Rogers' movie kind of sucked. Well, it's undetectable in men, so they probably already have it. Perfect. <laughs> I got what I wanted. Best Director Motion Picture, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Good one. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and my boy, Bong (laughs) Joon-ho for Parasite. Bong Joon-ho. I hope so. I mean, it's that or Scorsese. I think, not Scorsese, or Tarantino. How pissed are you going to be if it's Todd Phillips? Oh, fuck, I'm going to be furious. (laughs) But you don't I even care the Globes, about the so. Globes, but like at the same yeah. time, 
It's going to be like, God damn it, really? No, it's going to be actually more funny because I laugh whenever the gloves do something because it's always so fucking stupid. Like when they gave it to the Martian, that was like the funniest joke for like, for like a full year. Well, you know what, guys? When you hear this, you'll be able to look up the results and you'll be able to see if Tyler was absolutely right or if he was just really, really wrong. It'll be fun to listen to this after the gloves and not before the gloves. Exactly. Maybe we should splice this into a podcast before the gloves come out. I mean, if we're going to do that, we might as well make you pick all of them, including television where you've watched none of it. <laughs> Did they do a sequel to the Night Watchmen or the Night Porter or whatever the fuck that show was called? You just every, every, every TV ep- category, you're like, Twin Peaks The Return, and you're like, that's not a category, and you're like, it should be. They didn't nominate like Twin Peaks for anything. McLaughlin, so I think, was nominated for actor. That was it. The worst. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from the grimy 80s streets of L.A. to the colony on LG421, this is Two White Guys Talking Film. I am, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. But anyways, before we get to that, we cannot, of course, get to that without asking Tyler the question. Tyler, what was the best thing you saw this week? Actually, this morning watched um, a movie called The Executioner. It's a Spanish film from the 60s. It's like really well-beloved dark comedy in Spain and like kind of no one knows about it over here. Very good. It's about a man who meets a woman who's the daughter of an executioner. He is an undertaker. They both kind of fall in love due to the fact that like people don't want to be around them because they like have family that deals with dead bodies and... People get weirded out by that. They end up getting married and having a child. And then he takes on the position of the grandfather's executioner, even though he doesn't want to do it. Basically gets kind of roped into being an executioner. It's very dark and bleak. I, I, I see the pun you did there. That was, that was good. Huh? Uh. Oh, enlighten me. <laughs> I, I got, he gets roped into doing it. I mean, usually like an executioner can hang. I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he doesn't do it that way. They do it um, in a you know, much more brutal way. You, you know, take take the compliment. Can can you can you? All take right, I'll the take the compliment. I'll yeah, take the compliment. Did, yeah, yeah. It's the first of the year, and you're already being difficult. I am. Oh. Uh, no, so it's, I'm it's extremely back on my bullshit already. <laughs> so is it good? I mean, is it worth? It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a comedy that isn't very funny. If that makes sense. Like, there's a couple moments of like absolute. I laughed out loud. Um, oh, you mean like the two popes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like the idea is the the, the the whole setup is really funny. Like it's a very funny movie, but it's not funny. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but uh, check it out. It's a Spanish film made during the time when movies like that had a hard time getting made due to the fact that there was a fascist government in charge. Hmm. Um, and it's a movie that's kind of like satirizing the government. So, huh, yeah, interesting. All right. Any directed by anyone we know? No, directed by a longtime Spanish filmmaker named Luis Garcia Balaranga. Oh, Louis G. I love yeah, Louis G. G. Yeah. Just we've just debased him to a stereotype now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you did. I was trying to be respectful, but you came in with that Luigi talk. And, you know, I guess my question to you is, do you want a movie that could be better paired with something next week? Or do you want a movie that I saw this week that has nothing to do with anything we might be talking about? Nothing to do with what we might be talking about. Fair enough. I watched a movie that came out earlier this year. It's from Blumhouse and it's called Sweetheart. Oh, you were telling me about this. Yes, I'll off, give off you mic. I'll give you the premise. 82 minutes. Girl trapped on an island after a boat sinks. She wants to get off the island. However, at night, some giant weird creature comes to the island and she has to hide from it and then eventually face the fact that she'll have to fight this thing at one point. There's like three people in the cast and it's really really effective. It's from this year? Yeah, it came out year, like came out like March. Yeah, isn't that weird to say? I'm going to be doing that for the next month. It came out like March 2019. Okay, wow. I have never heard of this. I hadn't either. The wife and I did a staycation. We stayed in the pepper mill for like a night and just kind of chilled. And at one point she was like, hey, we can Chromecast onto their TV. And I was like, oh, cool. See what we can do. So we pulled up Netflix and she's like, have you ever heard of this? And I looked at it. I was like, no, but that's Blumhouse. And man, they've got a pretty solid track record. So we threw it on and... We just kind of laid there in bed, both eating ice cream sundaes, and it was like, oh, this is a good movie. It's got the lady from Flatliners in it, one of the Flatliners from yes, Flatliners. Yes, she's quite good. She's quite good in the lead role. She was, like, pretty mediocre in Flatliners, but everyone was bad in Flatliners, so... Like, I mean, even Ellen, be, like, Page, just Ellen okay. Page doesn't want you to remember Flatliners exists. Oh, I remember Flatliners. I saw that movie in theaters. Oh, oh, oh. I have a thing for going to see bad movies in theaters. It's, in it's... January, too, no less. Yeah. Uh, someone, it was funny, we were sit, uh, to bring this back, because this is actually a, a good horror movie. Like I said, 82 minutes. There's no way this can waste your time. It's on no. screen for an hour and 20 minutes. Some would say 82 minutes is the perfect length for a film. In a lot of ways, it can be. I will admit, some movies deserve to be longer because they need to tell a more dense and, compo- and uh, story, but other people, 82 minutes. You should try to do it. Aspire yeah. to it. We were sitting there yesterday at work, actually. We were all having lunch, and I said, what comes out next week? Because there's a guy who I'm hanging out with at work who is, like, super cool, and he's, like, into movies in the same way you and I are. And he goes, oh, I think The Grudge comes out. And I'm like, oh, God, like, who wants to watch The Grudge again? And he goes, yeah, tis the season. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. And another guy who was sitting next to us goes, what do you mean? I'm like, January usually produces a really bad horror movie almost near the start of the year. It's almost like a foregone conclusion. I and have seen almost all of those. I, good Lord. I love the, I love the are, first horror movie of the year because they're always terrible. You liked Escape Room, though. Well, that wasn't like a bad movie. It was just a horror movie that went in January. Like, it was good. Uh, it's hmm. a good movie. I'm going to have to maybe watch it. It's like I've pretty got, good. I've got a lot of other stuff on my list in 2019 before that, but but one day I'll get to it. Didn't the Belko experiment come out in January? No, that was like June-ish. Really? I remember being fucking cold when I saw that movie. I swear, it was, maybe I'm wrong though, hold on. Release date, March oh, 17th. Yeah. Weird. Oh, Germany. What? Mar- I, have on a, I have on Wikipedia March 17th, 2017 in the okay. United States. That's 89 minutes. That's pretty close. Is that good? No. You should watch it. You might like it. I fucking hated it. Well, you, you also kind of hate James Gunn, too. That's true. I think the writing is fucking atrocious. 
No, I mean, the premise is so simple. I mean, what's the point of writing? Yeah, this writes itself. Just be in an office with weapons. Um, I will say this. I did rewatch Us last night. Us fucking rules. You know what? I should do that. It's worth looking into again, because the second time you watch it, you're not like so tense because you're tense. And also you're not trying to figure out the trick. You know what the trick is. And you really pick up on a lot of shit the second time. I have seen it twice. I went and saw it before we did. We, you were like, let's do us as an episode. And then I went and saw it again. And I, I don't know. I still don't know. It's still kind of I, iffy I, on it. I don't think, I mean, it's not as good as Get Out. We can, we can settle that hash right now. At one point, it was the highest grossing original idea. Original um, IP. By the way, nothing on, nothing on the top 10 list this year is original anymore. Oh, that's oh, it. highest grossing movie. Yeah. yeah, highest grossing movie. And Us was my number one for a while. I will fully admit that before other stuff came out. But well, I don't yeah, think it came out in fucking March, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I don't think it's I think she deserves an actress nomination. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think she's getting being forgotten because of how early in the year that movie was. Yeah, probably so. I think the reason that movie has been so forgotten is like it came out like in fucking March or February. And it feels like, you know, like eight years ago that movie came out. <laughs> like it feels so long ago. You're, you're not wrong at all. Once again, your movie. The Executioner. The Executioner, and you say go see it? Definitely, yeah. And Sweetheart for, on Netflix, guys. It's there. You all have Netflix. You're not better than us. Go go check it out. It's worth looking into. Well, if you have the Criterion uh, channel, it's, it's up on that. So mine is, not Sweetheart. The things you decide to throw $7 at a month make sense for you. Yeah, because it's great. There's like a thousand art. Like, look at how many movies are on that thing. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. If I, if oh, I had them are good. Seven, if I, well, yeah. I don't ever need to watch Fishing with John again. That is definitely something that they put out at one point in time. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And I'm still waiting for my apology letter. I feel like that was like fucking before the 50. Like it was, that's a weird thing to put out. Anyway. Well, we need to move on to our main event. The lights are going down. I guess I should go out there. What, what costume should I wear? You're clearly wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses. The film that took a bodybuilder and turned him into an icon. An excellent cyberpunk film kickstarted a long and interesting saga. Written and directed by James Cameron, the first in the series plays more like a horror than it does its later action models. From 1984, this is The Terminator. What the hell?
My turn. guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me. Now. Fuck you, asshole! You want to know how he pitched the Terminator? No, I don't know how he pitched the Terminator. Okay. He already had the script written for the Terminator, and he walked into Orion uh, studio, and he, like, started doing, like, the Terminator, like, talking about the Terminator, like, the rundown for the Terminator, and then, like, halfway through the meeting, he had Lance Henderson dressed up as a Terminator with a sawed-off shotgun, kick the door down, and, like, walk in, <laughs> start pointing the gun at people. I kind of love that Lance Henderson was the Terminator at one point. Lance Henderson was originally supposed to be the Terminator until one of the producers was like, you know, there's this guy, his name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He might be a better fit. He's just big and hulking, and Cameron liked it so much that he uh, he cast uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. That being said, he didn't forget Lance Henderson. He put him in a pretty prominent role in that movie. I mean, Lance Henderson and Cameron are, like, longtime friends. I think oh, Henderson's oh. also in Piranha 2. Yeah, that makes sense. I think he's the lead in Piranha 2. Don't yeah. quote me on that. But... This is the movie that turns Arnold Schwarzenegger into a goddamn movie star. Yes, it does. And it's because he's with the guy who I think knows how to handle Arnold Schwarzenegger better than anyone, James Cameron. I think he gets the appeal of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger before this movie is very interesting career-wise. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make him a star because he was in fucking not Excalibur. What's the name of that movie? Oh, the Conan movies. Yeah. He was in both of them, I think, before Terminator. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I think this puts him up to a whole nother level. Because you right. know what? You know what? Let's look at it. Let's look at it like this. Here, I'm on his IMDb. Before the Terminator, he doesn't really have anything. However, I will admit to you, yes, the two big movies before this are Conan the Barbarian and then the much maligned Conan the Destroyer. The but weird after th- darker sequel. <laughs> God, it's bizarre. But after this, he does the Terminator. And, I mean, and say what you will, the name of the movie is his character. He is the Terminator. He's in Red Sonja? Yeah, he's not great in it. I gotta see Red Sonja, then. Have you seen Commando? Yeah, of course. Commando fucking rules. Cool off, or uh, release some steam, or whatever the fuck he says. Let off some steam, Bennett. That's it. Um, Have you seen Rod Deal? (laughs) I think I've seen parts of Raw Deal, yeah. Raw Deal has a moment where Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to be undercover. <laughs> Who's going to not notice him? <laughs> That's exactly my point. Anyway, just, you should I watch Raw Deal. I love the idea that they gave him the same task as, as fucking Tom Cruise. Like, you're going to dress as a UPS man until nobody notices you're around. And he's like, got it. Here's your package. They're like, aren't you Arnold Schwarzenegger? He goes, damn it, and walks out. <laughs> just that for two months. And they're like, never mind. We'll just tell him he's undercover. It's fine. 
<laughs> to go back, to roll it back to like the start of his career, he is in The Long Goodbye as a cameo, where he's not credited. But he is also in Stay Hungry in 1976, which is a it's a Bob Ralphson movie starring Jeff Bridges. I've never heard it's of this movie. Very interesting film. It's a very shaggy 70s movie. He's very good in it. Like he's actually like legitimately like one of the the bright spots. Huh. Um, so yeah, if you're into like shaggy long 70s movies that are like character studies about men suffering from malaise, like definitely check out Stay Hungry. Let me ask you this for Arnold, and this will be the last thing we do before we move on. What is if what is your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger performance? I love Total Recall. I might be right there with you. I think it's one of the few movies that really uses him in a way that's like super interesting. Because the other one being Last Action Hero, I think you yeah, could argue that matter as well. It, which he produced, <laughs> not realizing that it was like kind of dunking on him. You lied to me, McTiernan. Or The Running Man. The Running Man's also really fun, but that's just more like that's a fun I mean, movie. I mean, I think we can also say Terminator Two is yeah. Like- True. Like the, is the movie where he steps I mean I'll say this he gets on the map with Terminator but Terminator 2 turns him into a legitimate like legend mm-hmm. yeah so Terminator 1984 this is a movie about a man and a woman and a machine and the man and the machine have come back through time one has come back to kill her in the machine and the other has come back to protect her in the man and this was written and directed by James Cameron who What's Cameron done at this point is the real question. Piranha 2, The Spawning. Oh, who doesn't remember Piranha 2, The Spawning? That's it, I think. I I think he was, like, second unit on a couple things and did mostly did, like... He has a short name, Xenogenesis, and then that's it before Terminator. So, really, this is kind of his first movie because no one really saw Piranha 2. I mean, I've seen Piranha 2. He also didn't direct, like, half of Piranha 2. I think he got kicked off that movie, but people don't talk about it. He was like a production designer for like Battle Beyond the Stars and like Galaxy of Terror and like all of these Corman movies. Do you want to know how he got like started? He was a truck driver, wasn't he? He was a truck driver. He saw Star Wars in 1977 and he quit and just went, just drove to start the film and start in the film industry. I want to re-plaster James Cameron's face over Jonah Hill's in the Wolf of Wall Street, but I just want to first have someone watching Star Wars and then it just cuts to James Cameron going, yeah, hey, uh, trucking company. Yeah, I quit. Like, you almost feel like James Cameron was like, someone was like, dude, Star Wars will change your life. He goes, you show a movie that changed my life. I quit my job right now and I'm going to go make movies. Like, that's how I feel like that conversation went. And then like two hours later, he goes, well, I'll be goddamned. I'm going to make movies, I guess. You show me that pace that I'll quit my job right now. It's one of the greatest, greatest, because then it just hard cuts to the phone. And he's like, yeah, hey, uh, Sal, yeah, tell Virginia I quit. And he goes, no, no, you don't need to put her on the phone. So, Yo, I, Ma, we got chicken or what? Arnold is the machine that comes back and goddamn is he. By the way, this is a really neat trick that Cameron does. Arnold is the hero, you would say, probably in 99% of the movies he's in. Up until this point, he's played mostly like, anti-heroes or like villain i mean conan's a good guy right i mean conan's kind of i mean the first conan he's like kind of it's a gray area yeah conan's out for conan i feel like in the second one he might be a little bit more of a good guy i don't know i haven't seen them i haven't seen the second one in forever and the first one i watched more recently but still couldn't tell you but we do know in this movie he's a bad guy and he's like legitimately a great bad guy he is chaotic evil (laughs) Oh my God, when he shows up, 
when he kills the shit out of Bill Paxton, by the way, Bill Paxton, only guy who's ever been killed by a predator, a terminator, and an alien up until a point. Now it's two people. Who's also oh, in this? Uh, Lance, Hend- Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> right, right. Lance Hendrickson. Adrian Brody. What Terminator movie is he in? I just thought it would be funny. Come on. It's pretty I'm good. I'm having a little joke. I'm having a little chuckle. I'm having a party that no one can see. <laughs> um, Lance Hendrickson was in, a, was in a Terminator movie again? Predator movie, right. Yeah, he's in AVP. Oh, right. Yeah, he plays the rich billionaire who at one point, like, they're getting their asses kicked by Predators, and the Predator turns away because he can see that Lance Hendrickson's all cancered up. And Lance Hendrickson's like, don't you turn your back on me, and, like, lights the Predator on fire, and the Predator just turns around and stabs his ass. What you're saying is we can get Michael Bean into a Predator movie. We got a trios club here. I would love if, like, the Predator just, like, came into a room and Michael Bean was, like, an 80-year-old man, and he just turns off his oxygen, and that's, like, how he kills Michael Bean. (laughs) Michael Bean's like, you son of a bitch. So Terminator comes back through time, kills a bunch of punk guys, including Bill Paxton. By the way, I love that Bill Paxton's in this movie for like three seconds. And Um, his mission, the Terminator was sent back through time to kill a woman named Sarah Connor because she will one day produce an heir who will lead humans to stop the machines from like winning. Yeah, you know the you know the plot term here. Come on, it's really not hard to describe. Yeah, it's super simple. It's I mean, very this simple. Movie, it's very easy. This is what makes this movie so great. It's a chase movie. I love the way that the Terminator comes back, where he's like all composed and he's like standing, and he like kind of like like gets out of the time machine like perfectly, and then Kyle Reese just sort of falls from the sky, and both and, like, of them, <laughs> dude, lands from his fucking lands on his fucking face. And, you know, a lot of people will say, like, oh, you're supposed to root for Michael Behan's character. You're supposed to root for Kyle Reese. That dude stole pants off a homeless guy. I'm rooting for the Terminator this whole movie. There, I said it. It's not a popular opinion, but I'll I love how, this up. I just love how uncomposed Kyle Reese is. Like, he just seems like he's like, ah, fuck. Oh, <laughs> ah, God. Fuck. Like, the whole oh, it, oh, fuck, it worked. <laughs> I was hoping it didn't. Ah, fuck. Well, we'll figure this out. And, you know, we gotta, we, we're going to get to her last. But uh, Michael Behan. I fucking love Michael Behan. It's a real shame that he did all those drugs, made all those enemies. Is that what happened? He, yeah, he's apparently like really like, I think he was like really like messed up um, after Aliens. Oh. And that's like why he didn't get like a whole lot of work. Let's look at his run around the uh, Terminator time and see what he gets. So he's in Terminator in 84, a couple things on TV. Um, a lot of TV. Aliens in 86. He has Rampage. He has The Abyss. Like, he works. Yeah, but they're all, like, smaller roles. I don't think anybody was confident. Oh, dude, him, he's like... in fucking Tombstone in 93. He's amazing in Tombstone. Yeah. But yeah. Cameron was like, this guy could be a lead. Oh, That's and, why he's and Cameron treated him. And... We're going to get there. But um, I think outside of Cameron, I don't think anybody was willing to trust him with anything like that. I've heard that he it's because he's he was like a pretty bad drunk. I mean, maybe I'm slandering this poor person. Well, uh, let, me ask, let me ask you this. What is your favorite Michael Behan performance? If probably we're doing this. this. You really think it's this, huh? I love Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese is a great character. I mean, and Kyle Reese is bad. And Kyle Reese comes across time for one reason, which is to protect Sarah Connor. This is a movie about two men attempting to protect one woman. And by the end of it, kind of the movie shows you that the woman can step onto her own two feet and protect herself. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't bring up this woman. And this is 
the one, the only, the woman who not only carries John Connor, but raises him to be the man who will eventually bring down these machines, Linda Hamilton. And if you look at Linda Hamilton's uh, IMDb when you first click on it, most of it's Terminator. Dun, 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 dun. And she's, um, she's great. And you know, this is another thing too. What I love about this movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger and her both get to do two things in this movie that are completely the opposite of Terminator 2. Because we have to mildly talk about Terminator 2, kind of, I think, because uh, it kind of plays into this. Arnold gets to play the bad guy in this, whereas he's the out-and-out -out hero in the next one. And Linda Hamilton in this one has to play kind of the scared, not aware of what's going on, like damsel in distress, who eventually steps up and takes the reins. Whereas in the second one, she's a fucking out-and-out -out badass. She plays a damsel in distress in another movie that came out the same year, Children of the Corn. Oh my god, is that the same year? Same year. That might be my favorite Linda Hamilton performance. Outlander! We have your woman! She still lives! Outlander, maybe you don't hear so well! God damn, 1984. That was a good year for Linda Hamilton. Good year, yeah. Yeah. Good year, probably period. I don't know. There's probably a lot of good movies that came out in 84. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Children of the Corn, that's two. I mean, I mean, we don't even need to touch anymore. I'm pretty sure those were the Oscar contenders that year. I'm pretty sure every <laughs> category was just Children of the Corn and Terminator. Didn't Terminator win, like, get nominated for like, an honorary special effects Oscar? I would, fucking, I would fucking hope. No, it wins for special effects in two. I actually looked this up. Uh, Terminator gets no Oscar nominations, which is a fucking travesty because the fucking visual effects in this movie are astounding. And they're all kind of practical. They all hold up. They really um, do. The scene where he's looking in the mirror. My favorite is Corman asked him, like, how did you make those effects? Like, what did you do? Like, how much money did you have? And he's like, well, no, six million. It was just all the stuff that he and Cameron said. It was like, all the stuff I learned on your, like, on your sets. It's just like miniatures, practical, stuff like that. Oh, um, you can, I will say the one special effect, the tank in the future does not look like a tank. That looks like a model. But like everything else holds up really well. Even the use of miniatures and models are, like, really, really cool. Well, he uses them sparsely. This is the one thing that I think Cameron never was able to do <coughs> again because... And it's not his fault. It's the studio's fault. Cameron is a dude who is much better when he's backed into a corner and has to work around stuff. Once the technology got too good, Cameron just went apeshit. I don't know, because, like, he kept making good movies. Like, What would you say is... At least movies people like watching. You know what? Let's let's do this. We we've kind of chatted about him, but let's look at Cameron's run, and let's start it from the Terminator. And you tell me where you think his last good movie is. So I'll start from the Terminator, and you just tell me when to stop. Terminator, Aliens, stop. The Abyss. <laughs> sorry, how fucking dare sorry, you? Sorry, sorry, keep going. <laughs> the Abyss, Terminator Two, Judgment Day, True Lies, T Two, Three D Battle Across Time, which is a fucking amazing ride at Universal Studios, Titanic. And Avatar. Oh. So really stop after it. You think Avatar is the last good movie? No, I think Titanic is the last good movie. I agree. He kind of culminates with his best picture and his best director when it's almost kind of perfect. Yeah. That's like leading to a point. And then Avatar, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think he's going to die before you ever see Avatar 2. Like legitimately. I'm just like, he's going to fucking be in the ground before that movie comes out. Yeah. For me, I think it stops at True Lies. Like I can appreciate Titanic and I know why Titanic won. 
But I think True Lies is truly his last great movie. Once again, another movie where Arnold is used kind of parodying himself and is like, it kind of works. If we ever do ethics, I think Titanic might be. Might be oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, Titanic is, well, I, I don't know if you know this, Tyler, but Titanic was called the Ship of Dreams. And it was. Anyway. <laughs> They're like, why is the Jurassic Park music playing? I'm like, I like it better. Fuck that other score. <laughs> They're like, is there a dinosaur in this one? I'm like, you'll have to see. I just sit back and smoke. And they're like, I think you recut Titanic. How much better is Titanic if there's like two velociraptors on that ship? Here's the, here's my pitch. You, you, keep, you keep Billy Zane. You make everyone else Muppets. Ooh, I don't hate that idea. I heard a pitch for that the other day about Princess Bride. They said, don't remake Princess Bride. Remake Princess Bride with the Muppets. Yeah. keep Which I, which I was like, yeah. Back to the Terminator. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you I need mean, to edit like us getting back to the conversation, just use the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. How do you talk about this movie that people haven't like just talked about for years and years and years? Okay. Here's this. Pick a favorite moment. Okay, so my favorite scene, I would have to say... I think this, I just think anytime you cut to Kyle Reese kind of explaining where he's from, like in the police interrogation scene, I think it's just like, just, you can tell nobody believes him. And like, just, he's so tired of explaining it. He's like, he's like, look, it's all going to go wrong if you don't listen to me. I'm tired of telling you this. Let me see Sarah Connor. Anytime him and Sarah Connor are together, I think is absolute magic. Minus the very awkward sex scene. I think the sex scene, well, it, you need it, A. Oh, um, yeah, well, well, Terminator 2 really doesn't work without that scene. Yeah, yeah. And who would have known it? It really doesn't. Terminator 2 is predicated on those two fucking each other. Like, literally, the rest of the movie doesn't work, actually, if those two don't fuck each other. Um, yes. So, <laughs> god damn it. Yeah, I, you need it. Real quick, I'm going to get to my favorite moment of the movie. Please do. The Tech Noir shootout? Is it called Tech Noir? Oh, in the Some club. The club. The club shootout. It says Cyberpunk, Absolutely. I believe, in the background. Cyberpunk? Or yeah. Cyber Noir or something like that? It makes you want to learn to wear a leather jacket and carry a shotgun like Kyle so Reese. So fucking cool. I love it so much. He's a badass in that scene. I will give you that. Or when Arnie's doing diagnostics on himself and he cuts himself open. Because I remember as a kid, I was like, that's the worst scene I've ever seen. You're like, ew. Also, like, just like the yeah. way they clay up his face and the way they make those models work, where you're just like, you know it's a little fake, but you're like, it's also a robot. It's kind of supposed to look a little fake. Well, that, that yeah, it's supposed to kind of look a little fake. But also, just like, I just was like, man, I want to know how the fuck they did that. That's so cool. Peter Jackson said it best once. He goes, it inspired you to want to go out and try to make your own versions of it. You were never going to be able to do it as well, but you still wanted to try. I have another question real quick. Sure, go right ahead. People have been arguing this for decades, and I just want to know your opinion on it. Right is this movie a horror movie? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not a horror movie in the conventional sense of, like, there's a killer with a knife and everything, but his weapon is a gun. And, like, if you notice, he's kind of after one person, not unlike Michael Myers is after one person, or Freddy is after one person, or Jason, for Christ's sake. He's after one person, and he kind of just cuts through anyone who gets in his way. Now, this also happens to have 
like a non-jock guy who's not going to be like, hey, take your pants off, baby, and let's get down. This guy's like, no, I'm going to fucking stop this guy if I have to. But I do believe it is kind of a horror movie. I mean, shit, look at that last moment where the reveal of him in the final Terminator form is one of the best reveals I've seen, like, maybe just, ever in a movie. Just the exoskeleton running choppily because it's stop motion. That, but I mean, more so it climbing through that thing um, and, like, it's hand-reaching out. That is some horror movie shit right there. I just love that, like, it's it's so fucked up. It doesn't have a bottom half, but it's still, like, coming. It just won't stop. It'll never stop. It cannot be stopped because it has one goal. That Terminator's one goal is to kill Sarah Connor. Once that's done, that Terminator has no more function. Like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if that Terminator just shut down, like, afterwards. And not unlike the Terminator, Kyle Reese, Michael Behan's character, is exactly the same way. He has one job. His job was to go back through time and protect her. I think James Cameron's very smart. I think it's billed as a science fiction movie. And I think he, like, is very clever. Like, no, it's not a horror movie. It's above horror. I think he's very smart. And I think he, the person who wrote and directed this, definitely had seen, like, Halloween and, like, a couple other movies. And was like, well, what if we just use, like, the slasher, like, format of, like, this, this murderer coming back and he's, like, unstoppable. I definitely think it's a horror movie. I think that, like, first, the first Sarah Connor that gets shot is, like, truly, like, one of the most horrifying scenes <laughs> in the series of the 80s. It's, like, very good. I love it a lot. But, yeah, I just wanted to put that to bed. This movie's definitely a horror movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's no debate on that. That leads me to my last question on our little show docket. Does this fall on your Terminator Mount Rushmore? Yeah. <laughs> and let me ask you, that. and let, you know what? We'll just get this out of the way now. I think we can agree T1 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, T3 is fine at times. I think I have T3 on mine because it's like there's like nostalgia along with and it. It's kinda, and it kind of connects. Like and I, just, I love how bleak the ending is. What do you want to do with uh, what do you want to do with that fourth spot? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm going to give it to Salvation's uh, trailer. I'm going to give it to the trailer of Salvation. I think that's an amazing trailer. It's going to Dark Fate until I actually watch Dark Fate. No, it's not. It can't be good. There, there's nothing else I want to put there. I don't want to put T4. I don't want to put fucking... I don't want to put Genesis there. Jesus oh, Christ. God. Genesis is atrocious. I saw that in the theaters and it was the Me only too. movie where I was Me like, too. I need to write to whoever made this to get my money back. This is fucking ridiculous. James Cameron, do you know what they've done? And he's like, he's like, he goes, yeah, they're, they're doing Terminator movies. He sits down and he goes, my God. He's like, thanks, thank you to one little boy named Tyler. And you're like, I'm 19. Older than 19. I was like 22. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, boo, boo me for getting your age two years wrong. Three years, Ben. Wait I don't understand math, okay? So you think the shootout scene is your favorite? That's my favorite. It, it's really well done. And also, it just shows his relentlessness. Mm-hmm. Terminator's great. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, everybody, I think people know how good Terminator is. We don't need to keep beating a dead horse over here i mean what would you pair this with tyler well i mean you could easily pair it with t2 that makes sense they right pick up perfectly they do but i'm and not about that back, life. minus kyle reese except in a small cameo i'm not about that life i'm gonna pair it with <laughs> turkish film <laughs> lady terminator i'm sorry is that a thing yeah it's an indonesian horror film not turkish it's called lady terminator it is very trashy and really bad but it's fun Portrait of a Lady Terminator on Fire. What is this? Interesting. Nope. No? It's also known as Revenge of the South Sea Queen. She mates, then she terminates. Yep. That's, that's, that's the name of it. Wow. That's the name. This is a wild poster. 
Okay, so that's your pairing, Lady Terminator. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna just really, you're just essentially gonna say, "Everyone, come on in. We're doing a Terminator double feature." You didn't you're tell them. Hate which what dude. I pair. <laughs> you didn't pair aliens with. No, no, I won't because you better not. I mean, what do you, and what do you give it? Oh, this Terminator, I give it a fucking big old five stars. I give this four out of five. I, I, I can't give it five. I can't give it five because I think T two is a better movie. I don't care. T2 is great. T2 is as good. Actually, I kind of like Terminator more than T2, but they're both great. Oh, wow. So we would have a debate on which goes on top. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine. They both they can both land in that one spot. They're both both great. Like, it's not. Oh, I, I agree. I just, it doesn't, for me, for me to give something five, it has to do that thing. And Terminator 2 does that thing. Terminator 2, Terminator 1 comes close. But Terminator 2 does that thing where you're just like, I don't think I'm in a movie anymore. I think I'm in a fucking like experience I'm never gonna forget. I think with both of them and their movies, I can just turn on and watch whenever. Infinitely watchable from any scene. And I was like, do I really need to rewatch the Terminator? I saw it like last year. I don't need to watch it again. And I, I turned it on. And I was like, fuck man, fuck man, Terminator's great. Great, it's a great movie. It's <laughs> like fuck man, Terminator's a good, good fucking movie. Lord help you if we ever do sequels that are better than the original, because Terminator 2 might be on that list. Look, it's fine. I understand that everybody else likes it more than Terminator. I, I, I no, just, like, no, I get, I get I like you. I how grungy and dirty and like really low budget oh, it is. Oh, it's a lot more low budget, and that's one of the things I think that actually helps it in some ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. By the way, the scene where Arnold walks out of his room with the gun just raised up like the giant howitzer-level gun, and the the guy walks by him and the hall goes, man, god damn, like just backs <laughs> up to the side of <laughs> Funniest moment in the movie. I also love when Dick Miller pops up. I always love when Dick Miller pops up. Dick Miller? Yeah, who is this? He died last year. When we were talking about him, I was like, oh yeah, he's the guy from Chopping Mall. And (laughs) you were like, fucking Oh, oh, the guy from the store who he buys all the guns from. He's like, you really know your stuff, pal. He's like... You know he was in Gremlins, right? Like, I mean, and Gremlins 2, the new batch, but Chopping Mall. That's the movie you pick. That's the movie I pulled from. It's just because I've heard Terminator. It was because people had been talking about Chopping Mall recently and how Dick Miller was in it. it. And it was just on the top of my mind, all right? I want to know who was talking about it. You give me their names. It's a podcast, man. You sign the papers, little man. You, You tell us, you name names. And they're really going to have this long five-minute argument before they About play the next ball. Uh, Well, the lights have come up, and everyone's like, you know what? Concise. We, we didn't really need to know that much about Terminator, and they gave us some stuff we didn't know. That's great. And now Ben's coming out. What am I, what am I dressed as? What's the costume? You're definitely dressed as Newt. Oh, screw you. I'm in the queen outfit. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, you're a xenomorph. And then I was like... No, 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 no! You're Newt. <laughs> so okay, well, you know what? You know what? Then fine. If I'm if I'm Newt, here's what's gonna happen. A film in the rarest of air as it manages to not only continue a story but also surpass the predecessor. Mostly, Sigourney Weaver returns as Ellen Ripley, and in this and this time it's gone from a battle to all-out war. Mostly, James Cameron's best and most incredible film. This is Aliens like to go uh, back to this point about the override destructor. Is it in the file? I don't understand this. We have been here for three and a half hours. Now, how many different ways do you want me to tell the same story? Look at it from our perspective, please. Please. 
Now you freely admit to detonating the engines of and thereby destroying an M-Class Star Freighter, a rather expensive piece of hardware. Forty-two million in adjusted dollars. That's minus payload, of course. The lifeboat's flight recorder corroborates some elements of your account, in that for reasons unknown, the Nostromo set down on LV-426, an unsurveyed planet at that time, that it resumed its course and was subsequently set for self-destruct by you for reasons unknown. Not for reasons unknown. I told you. We sat down there on company orders to get this thing, which destroyed my crew and your expensive ship. The analysis team, which went over the lifeboat centimeter by centimeter, found no physical evidence of the creature you described. Good. That's because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. Like I said. Are there any species like this hostile organism on LV-426? No, it's a rock. No indigenous life. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? Ma'am, I already said that it was not indigenous. It was a derelict spacecraft. It was an alien ship. It was not from there. Do you get it? We homed in on its beacon. And found something never recorded once in over 300 surveyed worlds. A creature that gestates inside a living human host. Yes. These are your words. And has concentrated acid for blood. That's right. Look. I can see where this is going, but I'm telling you that those things exist. Thank you, Officer Ripley. That will be all. Please, you're not listening to me. Kane, the crew member, Kane, who went into that ship, said he saw thousands of eggs there. Thousands. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This is also a fucking James Cameron movie. This is the movie that he was on the set of and everyone was like, is he really the right guy to direct this? And they brought in footage and they showed them the Terminator and they're like, oh, yeah, he is. I've mentioned this before, but I think it's very funny. Cameron's apparently whole pitch for Aliens was he walked in, he wrote Alien on the board, looked at everybody, put an S on the board, and then put a dollar sign through the S. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't lead it? That's, no, that's his pitch, yeah. That was his, like, his pitch. No, but our, our pitch always is anytime it doesn't need to be pitched, Ang Lee just puts dollar signs around it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that where that came from? Yeah, that's, I think that's where the joke started from. I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you right now, dude. He, he called his shot. <laughs> he did. This is the movie he does right after, after The Terminator. I got to tell you, man. This is, and I'm glad we kind of like did Terminator and like was respectful and got through quick because this is the main event for me. I fucking love aliens. Oh no. <laughs> I have a feeling our star ratings are going to be different. Very different. I mean, it's fine if it's fine if they're different. I mean, like, but I'm excited to talk about this with you because I know you watched this. I know you got something out of this. I did. I did watch this, didn't I? Hmm. The mm -hmm. fuck is that supposed to mean? I, <laughs> I try to extend you an olive branch and you piss in my eye. Is, is that what we're doing here? No. Do we have to talk about Alien at all? I think all we have to say is that there was once a ship, that ship went down onto a planet, that planet brought, or that ship brought back something onto the ship. 
that thing produced an alien. That alien killed everyone except Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, who returns in this movie because she's the character throughout all the alien movies. Also, her cat Jonesy made it. And they find her, is it 57 years later? Yes. Did you Even say 57? That, I did. Is that uh, right? 57 years later, regardless Holy of what you said. shit. 57 years later, they find her because she's in hypersleep. Nothing has changed about her. However, 57 years have elapsed. And she now is, like, having to explain why she blew up this multi-billion dollar ship. And everybody's like, no, you're fucking stupid. There's no such thing as aliens. Yeah, she says, like, it's because there was an alien. By the way, one of the greatest delivery insults I've ever heard is the moment where they say, and you sat down on a planet and saw something that had never been recorded in company history. And she just turns around and she goes, did IQs just drop suddenly while I was away? You're just like, damn, Ellen Ripley is pissed. <laughs> she goes, I told you, we've never seen anything. Uh, it's just so great. That the, let's, You know what? Let's start with her. Let's start with Sigourney Weaver. Get away from her, you bitch. Sigourney Weaver was fucking nominated for an Oscar for this movie. As she should have been. I want to live in the world where she won that Oscar. Can you imagine? This solidifies the character forever. Like, I mean, this, this is like, say what you will. She's really good in Alien. You would agree that with that? Yeah. She's better in Aliens. You know what Cameron did before everyone else did? Remember how in Halloween, Laurie Strode is the victim, but in the new Halloween, she's like fucking turns it around and like becomes like the hero. That's exactly what they did with this, except they did it like within years, not like within decades. Like Cameron, Cameron is amazing at directing. We didn't talk about that. If, if you want to take it a third level deeper, since this is a double feature about sci-fi, it's a James Cameron double feature. And it's also a feature about strong female action leads. He did do that a lot, didn't he? He's really good at it. And he, he I think it comes from him also being around strong female filmmakers. Catherine Bigelow, I feel, has a lot of influence on this movie. Was... I might be speaking out of school here. Hold on, let me look up Cameron. Because I thought he was raised by his, just by his mom, but I could be wrong. Oh, they're maybe not together at this point. 1989. Yeah, no, they didn't. He was with Hamilton before, right? No. Appears to be uh, Gail Ann Hurd. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's a producer. She's a billionaire. Good for her. I think she continued to produce all of his films after Oh, uh, so, she, so, she, so, she, so she did well. Yeah, she produced the Terminator, That's, Terminator that 2 was her and fucking divorce aliens. Set, her divorce settlement was, I want to produce all of your movies afterwards. And he goes, what? And she goes, yeah, I'm going to make more money off of you that way. I don't want a thing from you. That would be amazing. Uh, she continued to produce amazing yeah. movies afterwards. Oh, I bet. I bet. Like, I mean, dude, they she... divorced after he did The Abyss because I think he meets one of the actresses on The Abyss. No, Bigelow's next. Yes, but I think he has an affair with one of the actresses on The Abyss. He's been married one, two, three, four, five times. And one of them is to a fucking filmmaker, and the other is to an actress who is Linda Hamilton. Can't keep him in his pants. You know what? We'll say this. Cameron likes to fuck. I don't like that. I really called 57 years. I'm super proud of that. That's like a super obscure fact. I'm pretty proud of that. All right, so we're into it. Let's talk about who was nominated that year real quick, because this is the only category. I think we can get through this real quick. I can't fucking find it, Ben. <laughs> really? I can't find what What Academy Awards is it? It's 19... It, it comes out July 18th, 1986. Here is the nominees. Sigourney Weaver, 
For Aliens, Ellen Ripley. Kathleen Turner, Peggy Sue Got Married. Sissy Spacek, Crimes of the Heart. Jane Fonda, The Morning After. And Marley Matlin, Children of a Lesser God. And the Oscar goes to... God damn it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cut that (laughs) out. No, it would be great. No, no, never mind. We're going to cut to that moment in Oscar history. Whoever was up there presenting it, the two of them, one of them opened it early and went, Marley Matlin won? Like... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was just surprised. I didn't know Marlene Matlin was a fucking Oscar winner. Yeah, she... Fuck off. This should have been Sigourney Weaver. I've never heard of that movie. I've never... Oh, Children of a Lesser God? Yeah. Oh, she's a deaf woman teaching well, children. Well, clearly, Ben. <laughs> well, no, no, no. No, she's actually playing a deaf woman. She's playing a woman who is actually, like, was a real-life person who was also deaf. I know she's deaf. I know she's fucking deaf. Thank you. I've seen the Seinfeld episode. I'm not telling you anything. Imagine, imagining a movie where they just kind of pass off Marley Matlin as a person who can... But it's so true. Awful. Awful. No, 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 no. I'm just going to beep that. Yeah. It's the worst thing we've said so far this year. Cut that out. Just cut it out entirely. We made it like three episodes. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, God, you're right. Marley Matlin being passed off as a non deaf person. What a weird. What a weirdly that would be a really weird thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad Marley Matlin won. I think she's a really great actress. Nah, no, I want I want Ellen Ripley. I mean, yeah, I could see Sigourney Weaver winning. To get back to it, I would like to point out something else. Best supporting actress that year: Diane Weist wins for Hannah and Her Sisters, Tess Harper for Crimes of the Heart, Piper Laurie for Children of a Lesser God, Mary Elizabeth Mastrioni for The Color of Money. And Maggie Smith for A Room with a View. Where the fuck was Newt's Oscar nomination? No, get out of here. No, no, no. I will not get out of here. This is one of the most naturalistic child performances. And Carrie Henn, who never did anything else, deserved at least a nomination. They gave one to Anna Paquin for a fucking average as fuck performance from a child. They deserve to give one to Carrie Henn for fucking crushing it. (laughs) Nah, get out of here. No, I will not. I will Will not not accept this. I will be staying on the street corner, thank you. And, uh, yeah, ring I, you that bell. Need, you don't need to agree. I will. I will. Ring that soapbox. And I'll take 10% of it for myself, just like the Salvation Army does. I wrote this down in the notes. Behan, fuck yeah again. He's actually, this is probably my favorite role. Well, second this, favorite role. This, this is my favorite role. Kyle Reese is great. I think Kyle Reese is a really nervous pretty boy thing. The amount that he puts into this, by the way, there is no Baldwin winner. For this movie, because everyone is doing the most with what they are given. I think this is one of the best hands-down casts I've ever seen. And I don't know how to explain it. They are all just doing exactly what they're supposed to do. I think what I got out of this is some of the most interesting aspects is like the Space Marines. Oh, absolutely. This movie started the aliens craze like alien was there alien was the respectful little movie that was like man that was really fucking well done for like a scary movie but alien aliens turned it into a franchise do you know who was originally supposed to direct the sequel to alien martin scorsese no come on damn it oh that story works every time though 
<laughs> and I came to them, and, and Pacopola said, I want to have this guy named Martin Scorsese direct. And I looked at him, and I said, who the fuck is Martin Scorsese? <laughs> No, it's it's a it's a it's another one of those like seventies American directors who did a lot of really good movies. And Walter then, Hill. Yeah. You tip me off with that seventies thing. He's credited as a screenplay writer on this. He is, because he originally wrote the like first draft of the Alien screenplay. And apparently I think they kept enough of the like beginning to mm. like warn it be him. But it was originally pitched as a cross between Southern Comfort, which I don't know if you've ever seen Southern Comfort. I never have. The Magnificent Seven. I want to live in the universe where that movie got made. With Alien? Yeah. I mean, Walter Hill wrote the fucking Warriors. This kind of is the Warriors. They kind of is, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, look, we have to get from here to there, and there's a lot of bad shit in between us. Like, he knows a simple premise, and he knows how to work that premise. And what you work that premise with is you don't worry about the premise, you worry about the characters in the premise. Mm -hmm. He writes characters exceptionally well, and I think Cameron does that too. Terminator's an example of him writing, like, really good characters. And they flush out the character of, of Sigourney Weaver in this. Like, we know a little bit about Ripley, but, like, we get a whole backstory. And if you watch the director's cut, which, by the way, guys, if you're going to watch this, that's the version we watched you get a lot of backstory about Ripley. You get a lot of backstory about Ripley, and it is... He had a daughter. We didn't know that. Yep. You don't like the daughter thing, do you? <sighs> it's, I, like, it's, I like get it. It's fine. Did you like they a picture of Sigourney Weaver? I thought that was clever. It's fine. It's just like, I don't... It's just... It's, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I understand what you mean. Like, so, I get it. Like, I get it. So, she... <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. sorry. So she gets blamed for blowing up the spacecraft from the first one because there was an alien on board. By the way, one of the greatest lines, good, because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. Just imagining is that somewhere in space there's a floating alien. Wait. There's two floating aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of them's not happy either if it ever gets revived. <laughs> and they're like, they don't believe her. And they say, like, there's no reason for us to investigate. There are people on that planet. You find out LV-421 is like now has a colony on it. Bad decision. No good. Very good. No no good. Very bad. Don't do it. Paul Reiser is her representative, though. And Paul Reiser's like, hey, we've lost contact with the colony on LV-421. And the director's cut, you find out, it's because Newt's parents find the alien ship. Which, I don't like that scene. I don't need that scene. That does not work for me. The thing about the director's cut is that just it's kind of overstuffed. Yeah, it is um, a little bit. There are things in there I like. I want the Ripley finding out about the daughter thing because that makes the relationship between her and Newt more powerful. Yeah, it does. It makes it make more sense. I mean, and, if you and, didn't and know honestly, that, and she, fucking... I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she <laughs> earns it at the end. I mean, like, think about the last line Newt says to her before they go into the stasis pods. Yeah, as much as I don't care for that whole thing, that aspect of it, not having it makes it would make it worse for me. Yeah. So at least it's about something. True. So she eventually says, okay, I'm going to take the job. And she says, Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study. Not to bring back. That's the only way she'll agree to it. And Paul Reiser says, absolutely. So she gets on this ship with all these fucking space marines and we're not going to go through all we're not going to go through them like super what do you call it not all of them are going to get like a super big thing but i do just want to mention a couple people here tyler i'll give the name of the person and you tell me about them and what you think i guess does that sound good sure 
Obviously, every ship now has a synthetic on board. I prefer the term artificial person myself. We get Mr. Lance Hendrickson back. We've just gone to level four of the Inception, Tyler. <laughs> he plays Bishop, an android. Unlike the last movie's android, he's a good android. Seems to at least care for life a little bit. And then he gets, like, halved, which is pretty funny. He's fucking crushing it in this movie. He's very good. Because they fuck with your expectations in this movie where you're like, he could still be bad. Like, there, that thought doesn't leave your mind till a certain point. Well, if I remember correctly in Aliens, it's not that the it's not that the android goes bad. It's that the android is, like, more in line with what the company is doing, and that's, like, its main directive. So the reason yes, it starts yes, attacking yes, people yes, is because right, the company right. wants not, the alien. Fair. It's not fair for me to say that the robot goes, or the android goes bad. You're absolutely right. They did not go bad. They were programmed to go bad. What makes him what makes him go in a direction that we don't want to go is yes, he's more with the company. However, now there's a behavior modification system that does not allow them to hurt. And I said, man, like Lance Hendrickson is fucking charming in this. Mm-hmm. And they really work to make you erase the bad taste of, of like androids in your mouth. Like the scene where he goes like, I'll go. And like says, I'm going to climb down there and like potentially get ripped apart by aliens, but I'm going to try to bring the ship. And he says the line, he goes, I may be um, artificial, but I'm not stupid. Like he goes, I know what this is. But- Sir, what is it, Hicks? Hudson, sir. He's Hicks. Bill fucking Paxton is amazing in this movie. Yes. I'm not entirely sure what he does. Apparently he's a technician. I don't see him teching anything, but he's... he's... He, no, he, he works the computer. Remember, he goes, hey, stop your grinning and drop your linen. That's found him. Yeah, that's... I mean, and he pulls up schematics and stuff. Yeah, he but, uh, is annoying. Uh, do you want to hear my Bill Paxton impression from this movie? Sure. So, okay, do you remember the scene where they're, like, in the room and, the, the like, the thing is beeping really intensely and, like, they're, like, five meters out? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you remember the scene where they look up and realize they're in the ceiling? Yep. Okay, I'm going to do my Bill Paxton. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's, um, that is quite literally, like, one of the greatest moments in this fucking movie. Bill Paxton's on fire. I won't hear a bad word about him. He should have been up for a Golden Globe for supporting actor. A wild performance by Bill. And I'll say this. Bill Paxton has one of the greatest curse lines in a movie. It's not, um, game over, man. Game fucking over. No, no, I see we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right now. When they find out that Paul Reiser's character, Burke, like, let those things in to, like, try to impregnate Ripley and Newt. It's, yeah, it's one of the greatest lines. I say we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right here. You don't like him, though, huh? I think he's kind of annoying. Just like I mean, the he, whole time. He's supposed to be annoying. You're pretty but, you stoked know. he goes out, though, I bet. I bet you're like, finally, no more of that. Finally, you shut the fuck up. Why do you hate Joy, Tyler? Just just tell me. No, I, I like him. I think he's supposed to be annoying, though. I think yeah, that's the he is. He's, well, because what does he say? He goes, he goes, two more weeks. I was over. I was going to do it. I'm going to die on this rock. And I love how, like, what's his name? Fucking Michael B. And Grimson goes, are you finished? And, like, just throws him back. He's just like, ugh. William Hope as Lieutenant Gorman. How many drops is this for you, Lieutenant? 38. Simulated. How many combat drops? Uh, two. Including this one. The kind of upper crust Naval Academy boy who gets to kind of like make good at the end. This dude has an amazing little arc. Yeah, they start him out as the guy who's lieutenant, but, like, never actually put in the time or work or, nope. like, did anything. Like, just, like, just, he just, was rich. His parents got him, like, because, like, his parents 
spent so much money, he just went straight to being a lieutenant. Next up, we have uh, Janet Goldstein. It's Private Vasquez. Hey, Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? <laughs> oh, Vasquez. He just too bad. How fucking great is Vasquez? She's great. <laughs> that character has not aged particularly well. Oh, no, I think she has. I think she's a strong... No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Let me, let me say. The character is fine. The perf- the portrayal and the person who is performing the character has not aged particularly well. How do you mean? How do you mean? She's a Jewish woman playing a Mexican. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Sorry. Well, you know what? No, no, you're not ruining this for me. Look, man, I only need to know one thing. Where they are. Joe Vasquez, kick ass. Anytime, anywhere. Right, right. Somebody said alien. She thought they said illegal alien and signed up. Fuck you, man. Just remember that when you hear that, when you hear fuck you, man, that is a Jewish lady doing that. that. Oh my God, that's amazing. I love this movie. Next up, we have Al Matthews as Sergeant Apone. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal is a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. Every formation a parade. I love the Corps. Man, this floor is freezing. What do you want me to do, fetch your slippers for you? Gee, would you, sir? I'd like that. Look into my eye. This dude if there was still a golden ham, would have it for a small part of the movie. Hoorah. This movie's very clearly inspired by the book Starship Troopers, obviously, because the movie hadn't been out, wouldn't come out for another decade. And I gotta be honest, I don't love, I hate the novel. (laughs) I absolutely hate that book. And I don't love the original Alien movie, so I was kind of like trepidatious coming into this because I hadn't seen this movie in oh, fucking a long time. I found it mostly pretty boring. Thank you for giving me at least a pwn. I was going to keep going, but I think that's good. There are other Marines too. I will shout out. I think the guy who plays uh, Private Drake, who there's a weird tension between him and Vasquez that I like that we don't get more of. I think the um, further down you went, the more I would be like, I don't know who the fuck this person is. Yeah, it does get confusing at one point, but they're all Because there. I think the point is that they're supposed to be kind of confusing, and a lot of them die. Like, well, and that's, like, the, that's, that's perfect, actually. That leads, us into the, that leads us into the next thing. I wrote the section squad goals. So we've talked about the squad. They're going down to LV-421 to find out what's going on. And one of them asked, there's a great briefing scene where they say, is this going to be a straight-up fight or is this a bug hunt? So it's like, are we actually chasing real people or is this some conspiracy shit? And like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens. And they go down thinking like, oh, we're going to handle this shit. We're fucking Marines. These are, and they're there. I'll give you this. Cameron builds these guys like they're fucking badasses. Yeah. No. Like yeah. he shoots it really well. That, that fucking scene where he's like, get on the line, Marines. You're just like, yeah, I want to fucking go with these guys. I feel safe. Like, I mean, he's clearly very talented. Oh, yeah. But the thing that we don't know is that they're not prepared for what's coming. Mm hmm. No one could be prepared for what's coming. No, and they come in and it's like, oh, this is weird. There's a lot of fucked up stuff. Looks like there was a fight. They find this little girl named Newt, who, by the way, you want to protect every second of this movie. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Yeah. Ripley, I'm scared. You're just like, oh, Newt, it's going to be okay. Is it going to be okay, though? That girl's going to have so many nightmares. Don't know. We're not talking about Alien 3. I'm not doing that right now. I don't have the time to be mad at David Fincher for that movie. Oh, it's not his fault. 
I know it's not his fault. So first encounter, they go into this like big heating plant and like they also are told you can't shoot your weapons in there. That does not help them out, by the way. Most of them get their asses kicked and the only people to make it back are Vasquez, Bill Paxton's character, Michael Behan, who is Corporal Hicks. Oh my God. Just the, the scene between them where she's like, she goes, I say we take off and nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. And then like he says it later and they're like, oh, those two like each other. The, I, I ship the romance of Hicks and... um. Hicks and uh, fucking Ripley. Hicks? Hicks? Does he die? No, remember the last, right before they, right before she goes out on her own to go get Newt, one alien gets like, opens like an elevator door when they're trying to go up and he fucking shoots it. The fucking um, acid, yes. thing, he pulls it off. The last thing you see is um, <clears throat> Hicks, or what do you call it? Hicks, is, his face is all wrapped up and... Um, Bishop says he'll be fine. I just needed to give him something for the pain. He's out. No, he's fine. Like he's still okay. alive. Because I like couldn't remember if he died or not. Because I knew because one guy got one guy. Someone shotguns a fucking alien in the face, and that guy gets melted. That's that's Drake, and that's the great line. Eat this, and just like fucking blows that alien away. But it ta- Drake gets hit in the face bad. Yeah, he starts yeah. melting from it. It's it's very weird. He does. So they get their asses kicked. Vasquez. Bill Paxton, Michael Behan, Carrie Henn, Sigourney Weaver, Paul Reiser, and Lance Hendrickson, and William Hope, Lieutenant Gorman, are all still alive. And they have to kind of lock down. They have to get, like, a transport ready. Something happened where, like, there was an explosion in the first fight, and now the place is going to erupt in, like, a huge, like, fusion blast. So they have to get a ship from the ship that's up in space and get off. That's kind of the plot of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the aliens is there's a bunch of them. They are not happy. And they like to murder humans. They do. Um, they also like to eat machine gun fire. That's the one scene of the movie where I was like, he did this director's cut so he could put this machine gun shit in there. He he really likes that machine gun shit. He filmed that machine gun shit. He wanted it in the movie. Fuck yeah. He's a guy who seems like he wants to use everything he shoots. Yeah, and that's one of the problems with this movie is that it is fucking boring and no, long. No, disagree. What he did, the only thing that makes sense. What I think his pitch is perfect. What do you do with Alien after Alien? You add an S to it, and that S not only means dollar signs; it means you can use multiple aliens. This is a fucking war movie with fucking aliens. Like, yeah, no, it, it's I mean, so it good. makes sense. Like, it makes sense. Here's the thing: he's very good at taking a movie that starts as a horror, like with Terminator and Alien. And making it into an action movie with aliens and Terminator 2. I don't that I don't have that against him. It's fine. You can do that. I think with this movie, what's so weird is it's like, okay, so Ripley wakes up 57 years. So you're supposed to you're you're telling me that they were they terraformed that planet. And there hasn't been a single alien encounter from the time that she fucking went to cryostasis until the moment she wakes up. On maybe planet it's that because terraforming. maybe it's because they ter- they only terraformed a small part of it. Like they say it takes decades, so maybe it's just a small outpost at this point. Maybe nothing more has happened from that. I think you can argue that. But, like, by the time they get there, there's fucking, like, hundreds of aliens. That's because they brought back fucking one, and they can spread like that. Like, aliens are super fucking quick spreading. Like, like I, that's the thing. I suppose. I guess they were doing, like, and, fucking tests on it and shit like that. Yeah, but. and you can tell that it's it's been a while. Obviously, they don't give you a good synopsis of how much time passes from like when that meeting is to when Gorman comes to her and says, we've lost contact with them. Mm. So maybe that's an, an issue with it. I will give you that. 
Maybe so, I don't know. I just I, well, I think I, I think it might have been the time I watched it. I watched it like and, early and in the morning. Here's, and here's the thing too. You have to remember that the first Alien movie does not have something in it that this Alien movie has. And that might be the reason also there are so many of them. This movie introduced another new character. Ripley returns and the Alien returns and we get a we get another cyborg and we get we get the company and all that stuff. But a new character enters the frame and that is the Queen. Yeah, the queen alien, the queen bee, big old, big, big, big alien. I mean, she's she's quite impressive considering that's all real. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a very impressive feat to make that, especially on a movie which whose budget was like, like 18 million. I feel like he went over. I feel like he did too. I feel like it was only supposed to be like 10 million. But seeing movies that have more budget that are trying to pull this shit off in like the like late 80s early 90s and like can't come anywhere near it it's pretty impressive what cameron was able to do with like less money fifth layer stan winston both did the effects for both of these you know what we should shout this guy this dude's a mad genius i see what else did he do jurassic park oh right why can i not uh special effects there are 49 people who did the special effects on this. A lot of them have Avengers pictures behind them. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, right. Yeah. No, this dude, this dude did a lot. He did a lot Wait. of the Burton stuff. Yeah. It was Batman, I think. Yeah. Shutter Island. All right. Well, that is a movie. Avatar. Iron that Man. Big Fish. Yeah, no, this dude's been in all, involved in a lot. Yeah, so you meet this queen, and this thing is like fucking enormous like what would you how how tall would you say the aliens Six? going on just like straight eyeline probably like eight feet tall okay so they're like eight feet tall this thing's like four oh wait you mean an actual like the alien alien oh uh yeah like six feet ish yeah so six feet so you think this is like eight feet eight to nine feet tall if yeah. it does if it doesn't have the giant headdress thing on I would say you're right, but like with that thing, it's at least another like four. I'd say it's ten feet tall. Point being is this thing is like the stuff of nightmares. And I, I want to talk about this and before we get to this, do you have a favorite scene? Favorite moment is definitely when the guy shoots the alien in the mouth with the fucking shotgun and it gets melted. That's that's yeah. up there. I would say the scene where Ripley tells Newt like there are like or rip newt does that he goes my mom told me there are no monsters no real ones why do they tell that to kids i think that scene is really effective oh uh my favorite is when paxton tells lance henderson to do the knife thing and then henderson puts his hand on top of paxton maybe we'll make that be the ending clip i like that a lot all right no bishop not me man the scene in the room where the thing is bleeping is really good. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, the reveal of the queen is one of the best moments. It does work really well. When she is walking out with Newt and then like the fucking queen and her are kind of eyeing each other. And then that one egg just opens up and Ripley just turns and looks back at the queen like, you fucking bitch. We could have just ended this like this, but you had to push it. And she just lights all the eggs up one of the greatest moments. Oh, and of course, how do we talk about it without throwing the line in here? Get away from her, you bitch! <sighs> yep. People do be quoting that. I mean, she comes out, dude, and she's fighting her in a fight. I mean, dude, that's where that... Look at how expensive that looked. 
It looks very expensive. I feel like that's where a lot of the budget went. And not the very bad-looking tank thing they got. That's not great. I'll give you that. Once again, that's the tank from Terminator. He's like, I'm using it in every movie. (laughs) In Avatar, we're going to use the tank from Terminator? Yeah. She beats the queen. Newt embraces her, calls her mommy. It's one of the sweetest moments in a movie for me. I think it's very adorable. She puts Newt to sleep, and they drift off, and like that should be the end. That's the happiness. Ripley gets her happy ending for this moment. Of course, it's a series, so you know it can't be. I'm not going to talk about Alien 3 because it upsets me. But let me ask you this. All these good things I've said about it, why don't you like this movie? I just I found it like incredibly boring, and I don't know why. I, I It's one of those things where it's like, I think... Cameron is a very good director, and I think the re- like the tension that he's able to to get out of this movie proves that. I just found the whole thing so boring. I don't care about her having to go back and fight the aliens. I like get it. She gets her thing taken away. It just I understand why people love it, and it, I think it makes sense. I think maybe had I not watched the director's cut, which I think is just it's too stuffed, it's too packed. There's too much going on. I would have liked it more because like by the, by like the two hour moment in this movie, I was like, man, there's still 30 fucking minutes left in this movie. And it just doesn't feel like it's ever going to end. I will say this. The director's cut does drag it down. However, I do believe the regular cut is pretty damn good. Like I, I like the regular cut better than, than I like the director's cut. However, I rate a movie the same either way. I still rate these movies the same. It still can't detract from this is still my favorite like sci-fi fucking action movie. I love this movie. I love the characters in it. I love how investigated. I didn't know that woman was Jewish. I just want to apologize again for that. Um, fuck you, man. Oh, it's so good. I don't care. You can't make me apologize. I'm sure she was cool. I'm sure she had a pass. She didn't have a pass. No? She's cool and she like understands. Like She was like, I probably wouldn't have taken that role now. But at the time, I needed to eat. She's great in it. Hey, who's Snow White? Apparently she saw an alien. Huh, I'm she's, isn't she in Terminator 2? Isn't she the mom that gets murdered? Like the stepmom? She is. Yeah, she's the mom who gets fucking mm. murdered. I think she's Latin in that movie too. I don't think she is. I think she's... I think she's. I think she she just goes overly Jewish. She just does like Woody Allen face. Oh, yeah, there's I no such thing that. as Woody Allen face. I can say that. I can say that. I'm, I'm cool to say that. No. Don't. Uh, I know all the jokes I was going to make, I'm not going to make. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sure they were funny. Yeah. What would you pair this with? Okay. So I paired the last movie with grimy VHS bottom shelf uh, exploitation movie. I'm going to do the same for this one. And there's a 1989 movie directed by Bruno Matai called Shocking Dark. Uh, it was also known as Terminator 2. Aliens 2. Alienators and the Contaminator. It is... You're just doing that house thing again, aren't you? No, 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 no. It was it was simultaneously a ripoff of the Terminator and also a ripoff of Aliens. That sounds like a pretty dope movie, actually. Halfway through, it goes from being an Aliens ripoff to a Terminator ripoff, and it's fucking absolutely bonkers. It's one of the weirdest movies I've ever watched. Interesting. Uh, and and what's it, it called a, again? Shocking Dark. It got a Blu-ray last year, I think, or two years ago. Yeah, it got a Blu-ray in 2018 through Severin. It's a great company. Bruno Matai is one of the absolute fucking weirdest directors italy had to offer so any one of his movies they're absolutely all the biggest fucking sleaze fests imaginable so definitely recommend shocking dark it would actually kind of work with aliens because it starts as like an aliens the sequel and then becomes a terminator sequel doesn't really do either very well but it's fun fair enough 
Shocking Dark. One of these days, I'm just going to have you write me a list. We should. We've been talking. You've been talking about me writing you a list. Yeah, I feel like we should. And maybe I can do the same for you. I don't know how, though. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you've seen everything I've seen. I haven't seen everything. I've definitely not seen a like, lot. Like, let of... me let me ask you this percentage-wise. You looked at my film collection. How much of it have you seen? A, a fair chunk of it. I mean, mostly what I haven't seen is, like, a lot of the, like, I I don't, I'm trying to think about, like, a lot of, like, not the big budget, but a lot of the, like, more box office stuff from the 90s and, like, 2000s and okay. early 2010s. Like, I haven't seen, like, a lot of, like, that stuff. Like, I didn't see Rounders. Uh, that's a good example. Like, I've, okay. I've, like, not even heard of Rounders. So, like, <laughs> if it's in the Weinstein thing. brand kind of stuff, you probably stuff like that, yeah. Stuff okay, like, okay. I, 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 I want to say, like, and I don't want, I don't mean this to be offensive, like, middle brow stuff. No, 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 no. I not offensive. No, no. Things that appeal to mass people, but there's also a level of artistry to them. I totally Yeah. 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 Like, say what you will, like, Tarantino stuff is ext- extremely accessible to everyone, even though he's one of the best filmmakers of all time. Yeah. And before we go any further from there, uh, Tyler, what would you rate uh, Aliens? Oh, right. I think I gave it, like, I'm probably going to go from what I actually rate it to something else, uh, two and a half out of five. Wow. Yeah. I think wow. I originally gave it a two. Wow. I want you to take that number, Tyler, and times it by two. That's that's a big fat five. I love that movie, and I won't hear anything said against it. I didn't know she was Jewish. I'm sorry. I thought she that's was very fine. I, I mean, it's it's part of the time period. It's just it is really weird to see someone who's not brown have clearly had their like skin tinted. Mildly convincing, I'll say that. I don't think I should. But the lights are coming up. We obviously ended the movie with me, like, dressed as the Queen Alien spinning out. and I was well, dressed as nude. We just tricked Sigourney Weaver to show up. She's like, yeah, I'll do it again, sure. You know they paid her, like, several million dollars to shave her head? Yeah. Like, that was why Alien 3 was so expensive. Yeah. Alien 3 is a weird misfire. It is, but it kind of works at times. It's better than 4. Because it's it's such a strange miss, whereas four is... I kind of weirdly ride for four at times. Really? There are moments with, like, they try to recapture, like, it's like a European director saw Aliens, and he's like, I'm going to redo the Space Marines, but with Space Pirates. And they're like, huh? And he goes, you heard me. Brilliant. I think that's the guy who did Delicatessen. Yeah, let's see what he does. The guy who did Delicatessen did Amelie? Yeah, I believe that is correct. Yeah, he did Amelie, he did Delicatessen, he did uh, Micmacs, he did Alien Resurrection. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is really bad. Alien Resurrection, a weirdly interesting movie. Ron Perlman's great in it. I, I won't hear, I won't hear a word against him. Oh, weird. Yeah. Winona Ryder, weirdly good in it, too. Winona Ryder's weirdly good in a lot of things. Oh, he did that movie that... A Very Long Engagement. Oh, yeah. Jodie Foster's in. Yeah, where you're like, is that Jodie Foster? Is she speaking French? What the fuck is happening here? No, you you sit down, bitch. Like, just, like, just end that movie. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Um, Ushers out of the way. I'll tell you, though, you know what A Very Long Engagement has? What? It's about history. And next week, (laughs) you and I are going to History 101. I was tasked by Ben to select two movies that deal with historical goings-on, and the two that I picked are the 1976 All the President's Men, directed by returning director Alan J. Pacula, 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 and 
the 2008 by returning director by another returning director the 2007 film by another returning director david fincher zodiac okay i like both of these and as a special treat for you tyler I'm going to tell you something. I have already paired movies with these, and uh, I think you're going to like both of them a lot. I probably will, yeah. Yes. So for next week, we have the 1976 film, All the President's Men, with just what a fascinating conversation, Tyler. I got to tell you, I'm really excited to talk about it. All that post-talk that we're going to get to. And then we take a short plane ride from the East Coast to the West Coast, and we'll land in San Francisco for the 2007 film Zodiac, directed by David Fincher, which, got to tell you, Tyler, I really believe there is a conversation for this being one of the best of that decade, potentially. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So, yeah, next week, Zodiac and All the President's Men. That's going to be good. Um. Next week, we have those two movies. And guys, you can always follow us at TWGTFPod on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at ET Critic. You can see what the first movie of the year was that I saw. Um, spoiler alert, it's Happy Death Day to you. And you guys can catch all of our nonsense both there and there. Tyler, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I'm currently traveling through time to kill John Connor. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew your cold emotionless to the Aliens movies had to be explained by something. Dun, oh, dun, good. Dun, dun, dun. I and for TWGTF Two White Guys Talking Film, I'm, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm a xenomorph. And remember, guys, if you're sitting in the front row and you see a bunch of eggs around you, it's potential those things are going to have facehuggers in them. But who knows? Maybe, maybe it's Easter and someone's just hiding Easter eggs in the front row. You don't know. Take a chance. Live that maybe life. It's, maybe it's American Godzilla. You don't know. <laughs> Fuck is that supposed to mean? Don't you bring American Godzilla into this? We were having a nice time. 1998 Godzilla, all the eggs. I, I know what I know what fucking you're talking about. I don't need you to compare aliens to that movie. Good night, not ladies the, and gentlemen. Not the last thing they're gonna hear. <laughs> it's in LA, right? That's where Terminator takes place. Yeah, Terminator takes place in LA. Aliens takes place in space. I don't know if you got that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Put that Thank at the end of the episode. <laughs> I will put that at the end of the episode. We don't even need a clip from either one of them. Well, there goes that uh, get away from her, you bitch line. It's just going to be you saying alien takes place in space. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Such a condescending little ass. <laughs> I think I'm just going to do the really awkward sex scene in the middle as the clip. Please don't. <laughs> You're just like, boy, they're really focusing on them holding hands. Like, this is I remember this. being like eight and my, my, my parents were like, well, watch the Terminator with them. Because uh, I really liked Terminator 2. And like that scene came up and they're just like, oh, right. <laughs> this is why we never showed him Terminator 2. Avatar 2 is well, never coming out. You don't know that. You don't know that. It has and been delayed like 45 times. And you're going to have to apologize when it does. 2021, that's when that movie's supposed to come out. I Great. feel Disney will give him a hell or high water moment. It's going on screens, motherfucker. They just embarrass him. It's just half a movie. Like, half of it's Cameron just smoking on set, being like, I'm going to kill everyone at Disney. I'm just going to do it. I feel like they they, they don't care about it because it was a Fox movie. Fox spent all the money on it. Yeah, but it made a lot of money, though. But they he's making fucking four of them. Yeah, they know that this is a viable thing. People will go see the first one out of morbid curiosity, and if it's good, if it's even remotely good, people will go. I don't people think so. Have... It's been I... fucking. It's been like almost two decades since we're talking. You know what? You know what? I knew this was going to happen, and we're going to get to it before we get into this fight. That was my nude. That was my nude. Shut up.
<laughs> That's going at the end now. What is it, Private? How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? You secure that shit, Hudson. <laughs> 